Hello and welcome to Two Girls Who Read, a podcast. I'm Olivia. And I'm Lily, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything book-related. This week's topic is... Um, a quarterly year wrap-up of the third quarter of the year. We're not good with fractions. Um, we're we're wrapping up what we've read since our last quarterly wrap up, which was in April. Um, we didn't do like a halfway through the year one. Like I think last year we did like each quarter and then half. Yeah, because we couldn't think of any ideas. Yeah, exactly. No, actually, last year it was because we were actually reading a lot. We're like, let's let's keep it up to date. I want to brag about the fact that I read like twelve books this month. As this year we've run out of ideas. We're like, hello, like yeah but no i actually have i've been reading lately you've been reading a lot i've been not like but here's the thing i have been it's just for my degree though like so so. it's like the classics she's the arts major reading the classics you know me i'm the arts major i'm artsy yeah i'm mysterious so i'm pretty sure that because you guys would rather this than have us do an episode on Oliver Twist, um, which is what Olivia is currently reading for her class. This is what we're going with. Um, you don't, you don't want to hear my analysis on King Oedipus. You don't want to hear that. No, Uncle Vanya. No. Wow, I'm shocked. This is shocking to me. The listeners can thank me. I could um, get my notes out. I could get my notes out. Well, we can save that for another episode. You see, Oedipus was a symbol. <laughs> okay um yeah so we normally did one like every quarter last year but we forgot to do one this year because we were partying in europe together instead of making podcasts yeah we were so cool we were partying partying in europe partying in europe definitely not spending every day just stuffing ourselves with like pasta and sitting at home trying to come up with an excuse to get out of our airbnbs (laughs) okay yes so we didn't make one halfway through, but we did do one at the end of April and talked about what we read for the first quarter. Um, and so that's what this is. This is like third quarter of the year wrap up. Um, we're going to be talking about the books that we liked, didn't books like. Books that we didn't like. Books that we didn't like. Also like the books that we're anticipating. Yeah, there's a lot of books that have come out recently and yeah. a lot that are coming out in the rest of this year. So we'll probably talk about that. Yeah, and then if we run out of things, we'll just talk about us because it is two girls who read a podcast, but two girls have lives as well. So a concept, a concept. So we could talk about that possibly. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, and then so. we're gonna finish off the episode with we are recommending each oh. other three books Sorry, to read. That <laughs> are you good over there? Yeah, I dropped you- my phone. Okay, cool. So, as I was saying, we're finishing the episode with uh, three books to read by recommending each other three books that one of us has read, but the other has not. So that we can, like, make a podcast episodes about them. Because we were coming up with issues that, like, I've read a lot of books that I'm like, that would be a perfect one to do a podcast on. And then, like, vice versa as well. But, like, we can't do it because the other one, like, hasn't read it. Yeah. Um, and so... We're picking, basically, what the next six podcast episodes are going <laughs> to be. And you guys get to be, be in a on part the decision. Of it. People are probably like, wow, they're so organized. They put so much thought into this. And then we're just like, yeah, so we're going to figure out live what the next episodes are going to be. So exactly. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 
So I've got, I've got the, oh, do not kick my laptop. Um, I didn't kick absolute, I kicked my cord. Oh, so the laptop just f- almost flung well, the no, couch by Well, no, because I hit, I hit my cord, which is attached to your laptop. Yes, yeah, so. Sorry about that. If you kick someone's leg, you still kick someone, babe, so. That is not a very good analogy I'm for that. Writing I'm good at analogies <laughs> and metaphors. Okay, anyway, so. Go ahead. Go What's the first start. book you read since April, since we last did this? Uh, I read Defy the Night, actually. <laughs> By Bridget Cameron. Which, there's a funny story about this, was because so Olivia started this book. She got it as an arc, I think, like, before it came out. Back when I was in my influencer era. She's in her influencer era. Lots and of secret projects <laughs> coming up, and lots of secret, secret arcs that I had to read for different publishing companies, and that's just such a fever dream moment in my life. I know. Like, yeah, like, Getting just, arcs. Just, like, HarperCollins had me on their mailing list yeah like penguin teen and all like all the big ones so yeah yeah they'll send me books but they won't publish my book which is you know sad sad face but yeah i got sent to fight the night um as an arc it's published by bloomsbury um yeah you go anyway i remember olivia getting about halfway through this book and she's like lily you absolutely need to get this book it's incredible i love it i'm begging you to get it so release day comes around, I teetle on down to the bookstore and I go pick up Defy the Night and I'm like, wow, I'm so excited because like when Olivia says she loves a book, it's like really good. Like, That's so sweet. Yeah. Oh, that means like you respect, you, I have good taste. Yeah. Oh, cute. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. Um, I already knew it, but it's nice to hear okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah. And so... Then I get back home and I FaceTime Olivia that night. And I'm like, I went to the bookstore today. I bought Defy the Night. And then she's like, yeah, I finished that today. I didn't like it. And I was like, what? (laughs) So You could have returned it. Well, yeah, I could have. But that would have taken me driving all the way back down to the Indigo, which would have taken me like 25 minutes. And I really couldn't have been fucked. Okay. Anyway, so I read Defy the Night um and yeah it was all right like the first half was really good second half was okay getting into like the new releases the second one of that just came out maybe if i get really bored and run out of things to read i'll read it when i get bored no i can't say that i was gonna be like never mind sorry about that okay Anyway. No, actually, I can say this. When I get bored, I watch hot... I search up the hot Felix edits hashtag on TikTok. I'm not going to be ashamed. <laughs> I don't read mediocre books. Well, we don't know if the second one's mediocre or not. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, all yeah, I'll say is I read Defy the Night. I didn't realize she was the same author that wrote the def- oh, what's that called the curse dark uh, curse. curse or dark and lonely the second one actually has really high ratings so far for defy the night yeah yeah but defy the night that's what got me like everyone was rating it like five stars when it came out it's always hard to tell with popular authors because there's always that rush in the beginning of every it's just the fan base like who love and they'll rate it five stars anyway you know what i mean like it could be the 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 book could just be like farts and then they're like wow that was art like that was so retrospective you know what i mean well if i um 
but I'm trying to say is it'll be a really long time because I have a really big long list of stuff I want to read right now. Yeah. And so like it would be it will have been out for quite a long time. So what I'm saying is if it still has reviews that good after like a really long time, then maybe I'll give it a go. Fair. No, I think it had a good premise. Like I, I'm not going to completely diss the book. Like I did like the first half a lot. I think it had a good premise. It was a good twist. Uh, I just felt like it fell flat on the ending and when I found out that the author actually a lot of people uh, a lot of people's main criticism with her previous with the author's previous series was a similar thing where apparently she doesn't do a good job at like following through following through um I just I don't know I hate reading books that don't follow through like yeah I think that's such an issue especially now with book talk because it's all about the tagline right it's like you have like if a book's gonna go viral it means it needs to go viral in a tiktok probably and in a tiktok you have maybe 15 seconds to sell something before the attention span kicks in and they scroll so this leads to like a lot of books i'm finding uh being becoming popular just because they have a good tagline or like the premise is very easy to say in 15 seconds but that doesn't always mean it's good exactly yeah <laughs> I, I in fact i'm think it probably usually means the opposite sometimes because it's not complex and it's well, not fleshed out if i ever look at like any of my favorite books or whatever like they would be quite hard to sell in 15 seconds or yeah. whatever because the stories are just so complex like, exactly but um, so many books now need in order to go viral they need to have that like oh when you're alone in a room and then he does this but yeah. she does that oh and then everyone's like oh my god give me the title of this book uh and i feel like defy the night had that it was like oh it's this uh but um yeah i don't know it's right. just one of those classic ones that didn't follow through for me so i agree agreed okay i don't know what i read after april if i'm being honest I do you want me to yeah, you probably Talk. go again, because Lily's going to be talking a lot more this episode than me, probably. Okay, so then after that, I moved on to read the three books in the Darker Shade of Magic trilogy by V.E. Schwab. This was definitely one of my favorites yeah. for the year. Uh, it'll probably end up making it into like our episode that we inevitably make in December mm-hmm. of our top 10 reads of 2022. Because we made that in 2021 and you all ate it up and it's one of our most viewed episodes and we are desperate for validation. Which one? Our top 10 reads in 2021. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll probably make another one of those this year because, you know, you guys gave it the attention we wanted you to. And you'll probably hear about the Darker Shades of Magic in that episode too because it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, All three books in the trilogy were like incredible. The characters like really stuck out to me. I liked every single one of them. Um, and I loved the magic. I loved the writing. It was really beautifully done. Um, and overall, yeah, I think that V. Schwab just like really killed it when she wrote that trilogy. And the fourth Darker Shade of Magic book is going to be coming out soon as well. Apparently that's done being written. I did be... not realize that was going to be like four. <laughs> I thought it was I. a trilogy. So did I. Because it comes in a box set. Don't yeah, that? but there's a lot of books that come in a box set that aren't um completed works yeah i find that weird i do as well but it is quite so deceiving. common it is common common yeah yeah um but 
no, it is definitely, um, it, it, like, when I read, finished the third one, the third one, like, wraps up the story, mm. but I think a new storyline is starting with the same characters. Like, I think something else is going to happen. Oh, so, it's like, if you read the main three, you're not, like, left on a cliffhanger at the end of the third so I didn't even actually realize until like a month after I finished the third one that I was like, oh my God, she's writing more. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, if there's one thing, honestly, I think this year for you has been like the year of the Schwab. Like <laughs> you've really, because last year you read The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Like we both did, but we kind of stopped yeah. there. Like we didn't go into the rabbit hole. I feel like a lot of people do that with the Schwab. They're like, they read Addie LaRue and since it's a standalone, they're like, they're like okay, okay bye. It. Yeah. But... They see like Lily's been getting into the Schwab series and now she's like updated on the blog. Lily's always coming out being like, oh my God, did you see what the Schwab posted on Instagram? And I'm still in my era of like, I've just read Addie Lira. I haven't gone down the rabbit hole yet. And I'm like, no, I don't even follow the Schwab on Instagram, Lily. <laughs> no, I am. Um, oh yeah, I read A Darker Shade of Magic this year. Um, I read Vicious, Vengeful, Gallant as well, so all of the good yeah, stuff all the good stuff that we'll be getting into um okay so the next book that i read um these were in may uh were heartstopper volume three and four this was mm. before the show came out and i the read- show came out in april did it it did because i was still in school I was still living in my dorm when the show came out. I swear I finished these before the show came out because I remember that's why I read these volumes because I was like, I want to read them before the show comes out. You can see the dates on your Goodreads. Yeah. I I think you read them after, if I'm being honest. I think I did too, actually. Yeah, because 2nd of May. Oh, yeah. Anyways. uh, Yeah, so Heartstopper Volumes 3 and 4 by Alice Oseman. Um... If you don't know what the premise of Heartstopper is, you're living under a rock. Go Google it. Um, I don't it's a really big Netflix show. <laughs> really big like, Netflix show. It's like one of it's like the best-selling graphic novel, dare I say, of this generation, probably. Um, yeah, it's a yeah, it's gay. It's really gay. It's really gay, but we love it. And I read volumes one and two ages ago like two years ago question mark um and i liked volumes one and two it was when volume four had like just come out i remember um yeah literally like volume four had just come out and i was like oh i gotta get on this because i loved graphic novels growing up like i feel like everybody knows the graphic novel smile by oh gosh but i i don't know who it's by but it's like a cayenne color cover with like just a smile emoji but the emoji's wearing braces maybe i've sparked some nostalgia for some people there hopefully otherwise i just seem weird um yeah so like that author i always read her graphic novels and i love them um so i would just wanted to kind of re-spark that joy of graphic novels and hustle definitely did it i loved volumes one and two but i don't know what happened i just i don't think i I didn't have volume four and I remember I wanted to wait to read volume three until I bought volume four but I just never got around to buying volume four and then the show was coming out or the show did come out and I was like oh well I want to I want to be a book fan you know I want to be able to say like I did it before the show came out 
So I think what happened is the show came out and I read the volumes and then I started the show because I didn't know how far they were going to go in the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I'd been following like the Heartstopper shows like Instagram and stuff like that um, and been keeping up with the castings and everything. But I didn't know like what volumes they were covering. But yeah, so they were really, really good. Volumes three and four were like my favorites. I, yeah. Like, I feel like Heartstopper 1 and 2 really set the vibe. And then 3 and 4, they crush the vibe, but in the best way. Where you're, It's when you really start getting into the nitty-gritty of the world, which I appreciate. And then speaking on new releases again, Heartstopper Volume 5 is coming out February 1st. I don't no, know. No, February 20... Mm, hold on. Um, always knows the date. February 2nd, 2023. February 2nd, yep. Yeah. Lily always knows the dates for releases. I'm just more like, I'll figure out. Like, the fandoms will let me know when something's come out. Like, I will know when the new Heartstopper book's out because everyone will be talking about it. Yes. Yes. Um, so, uh, they were both five stars for me. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot to say mine. Yeah, I think Defy the Night for me was like a 3.5. Mm-hmm. And all the Shades of Magic books were five stars. Anyway. Very good. I'm going to continue on with the Alice Osman trend because I read Radio Silence after I finished the Shades of Magic books. I didn't know you read Radio Silence. Oh. I <laughs> thought you read Heartless. Not Heartless. Loveless. I did read Loveless. You did read Loveless, <laughs> but I didn't realize you read Radio Silence as well. I listened to it as an audiobook, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I read Radio Silence in May. And this book for me, it was really good. Um, I loved all the characters. Alice, this is my first Alice Oseman book that I read that wasn't like a graphic novel, like of her actual mm. like novels, novels. So like I didn't really know what to expect in terms of like her writing because obviously like it's very different writing a graphic novel than it is to writing like a non-graphic novel. <laughs> um, but no, she did a great job. I really liked getting to see because one of the characters from like Heartstopper, like the books, not the show, because um, this character's not in the show um due to radio silence they replaced him with isaac um but like from the books if you've read like alid aled oh i don't know how you say it um it's like one of the main characters from radio silence which was really cool because i just read heartstopper when i read this so that was kind of fun and there was a lot of different kinds of representation in this book and it was all like not like your classic like I mean, you had some, like, I don't want to say, like, it's hard, like, common representation. Like, it's very, it's not as rare to see, like, um, like, I guess, like, gay characters or whatever presented. And, like, obviously, it's still not as, like, common as it probably should be. But this one had a lot more things in it that I feel like a lot of people actually didn't know about. Or, like, I remember there were some of the things I read. I was like, this is my first time ever reading this in a book. Like, ever, ever, ever. So, I feel like it was really cool, like, in that regard. Um, and the storyline was just very cool as well. And the only thing I didn't like about it is I felt like the end went like a bit far. Like I felt like I was like, okay, that's a bit much. Like I feel like that wouldn't actually happen. Like if we're trying to be realistic here, I feel like it might be a bit over dramatic. Um, but it, overall, it was a great book and it was like a four stars. And it really only lost that one star for me, like at the end, honestly. But it ended really well. Just there was a part in that last like quarter of the book or whatever that I didn't love, but. So, yeah. wait, I'm confused with the Isaac situation. So, yes. you're saying Isaac's... I know Isaac's not in the books. Yeah. But you're saying, like, 
the main male lead of Radio Silence is meant to be Isaac. Well, no, no, no. Well, because so their little gang and like Heartstopper, they had like, you know, like Charlie and um, L, and you know, and then they had Elid, Elid as well, like in their little gang with them. Um, but instead in the show, they changed it so that like Isaac was a completely new character that they wrote for the show to be like the fourth member of their little friendship group, right? Oh, instead of Elid. Instead of Elid, yeah. And the reason that they did that was because Elid has a much bigger storyline and like radio silence and i think it would get a bit messy because there's things that the fans know about him that they wouldn't be able to put in the show and like a lot of other stuff that was happening along the same time as like kind of like the heart stopper timeline mm. as well it just made it a bit too confusing yeah um so yeah okay and what's the premise of radio silence because i have no idea um basically the premise of radio silence is there's this one girl what is her name again sorry i'm looking at it i don't remember her name the big sister no 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 no. oh francis okay so francis is in like her last year of high school or whatever and she's really obsessed with like this youtube show called radio silence and it's quite a famous youtube show but no one knows who the creator is and that's a little bit of like the appeal of it um and she's really into like drawing and stuff and i remember she drew a lot of like kind of like the she had like a little blog where she drew um yeah francis and then the actual creator of like radio silence like reached out to her i think it was tumblr that she had it on and asked her if she could do some like art for like the the youtube show or whatever and then she ends up like figuring out like who it is after they've been working together for a bit like they know each other like they go to the same school or whatever and she's like, oh, my God, you're, like, the creator of Radio Silence. Like, we've been working together sort of thing. And then they kind of form this, like, bond over the fact that, like, nobody knows about their, like, secret little show or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, all this stuff is happening while they're doing stuff. Like, they both are trying to get into, like, university and also stuff for, like, their home lives and families. And as they really, like, form this, like, friendship bond that's, like, really good. And what I liked about it, it was, like, a platonic, like, boy-girl friendship that, didn't no one really expected to be like oh my god but like they must be in love and we're just waiting for that you know what i mean like it was a very platonic boy girl friendship which is like never really portrayed in books because everyone's always like friends to lovers though (laughs) yeah fair fair okay that sounds cool yeah i don't know why i've never heard the premise of radio Silence. well there it is if you also haven't heard the premise of radio Silence, there you go it's like it's the first book alice oseman ever wrote so i thought solitaire was oh sorry solitaire not radio silence yeah okay okay uh the next book i read after heartstopper was harney and issues guide to fake dating so let's forget you read that (laughs) i can't um so basically the premise of Harney and Issues Guide to Fake Dating uh, is there is one girl called Khan or Harney uh, and she's uh, easygoing and one of the most popular girls at school. But when she comes out as bisexual to her friends, they invalidate her. Her friends are horrible. I hate her friends so much. Um and then they're basically saying like she can't be bi because they've seen her date guys and she's only dated guys i'm like the bi erasure in this room is astronomical like it's giving everyone being like oh my god kit connor can't be queer or bi because he was caught holding hands with a girl 
it's giving that energy mm-hmm. um and so anyway basically panicked Tani she blurts out that she's in a relationship and with uh issue and issue is the complete opposite of Hani. she's like while Hani's like super popular uh issue is academic and classic like nerdy like nerdy type and she's trying to become head girl uh, in hopes that it will help her get into a good college. Um, so basically, Hani and Issue team up and are like, let's be a fake couple because Issue's like, well, if I'm in a fake couple with Hani, then Hani's really popular. So I'll be more likely to get voted for as head girl. Um, and uh, Hani is like, if I date fake date issue, then my friends will believe I'm bi, which is interesting. Um, maybe just get better friends as a thought. But anyways, um, anyway, so basically despite, and the, the whole premise is basically like they're fake, it's fake dating, it's fake dating. It's like starts out real, uh, it starts out fake, develops into something more. Um, and yeah, I thought the represent, here's the thing, I thought, this book was so necessary like all thoughts aside about what i thought of the story and the plot uh the book is necessary like it's about two bengali girls and i'm reading it and i'm like i don't think i've ever read a book where mm. there's like one bengali lead girl let alone two um on top of that it's like woman love woman and our previous episode uh for those of you who didn't tune in last week or are new here i think it was two weeks ago oh two weeks ago sorry yeah uh two weeks ago was we did a whole episode recently dedicated to talking about how there is such a lack of woman love woman like literature and you know giving our reasons for that and how we think it's so bad and so uh it's very necessary that like this story exists because not only is it woman love woman it's also like poc woman love woman which is very too even rarer to to (laughs) it's too difficult to find in saying all of that i wanted to like this book so bad but i simply could not i felt like where it simply falls flat for me is just if you have a book called fate with fake dating in the title and you don't deliver on the fake dating trope you haven't successfully written your book and for me I remember finishing this book I listened to it as an audiobook and it finished and I was like I don't even think they went on a fake date and like if they did it wasn't memorable for me like and it did the classic thing of like oh well, of course, there, it's implied they're a couple because it's like in heterosexual books with, for example, the fake dating trope, it'll be like they make out hard sex and people will still be like, yeah, but there wasn't enough like romance in it. There wasn't enough smart, which is toxic to say that in order for romance to exist, there has to be like, you know, sex or physical contact because, you know, asexuality does exist um but in saying that it's or in comparison it's like there's this really annoying double standard that i find all the time where it's like heterosexual books and also gay books men love man books will be very like just so many smart scenes almost too many 
But then in a woman love woman book, it's like you're lucky if you get to the end and there's like one kiss scene. And I felt like this book, it was like, and it's to the point where I'm like, there was so little, it almost feels homophobic. (laughs) And I'm like, that's not how it should be in a book that's claiming to be groundbreaking representation. So, uh, I, but this is totally just like one opinion. Everyone, I've heard both online and in person that people love this book. So I just, maybe I, I read it wrong. I don't know. So yeah, I read it at three stars. Yeah. My next book that I read, I think I, I talked about this on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, in quite a bit of detail so like I don't want to go too much in depth with it now but I read Perfect on Paper by Sophie Gonzalez um and I read this book of five stars I actually really enjoyed it it was such a cute um rom-com basically featuring like a bisexual love triangle and the main character like being bisexual and like a lot of things that like she experiences because of that so like um there's a lot of like I guess like outward like biphobia or whatever towards her not like a lot but like a bit and then also like internally as well and I just feel like the author did like a really good job of like telling this story and it also had like a really like cool plot as well and I really liked all the characters in it so it was just overall like a really good book I didn't have any issues with it um I was really, like, reading for, like, the main romance in the book, which, like, was always a plus in, like, a romance. So, like, I read it at five stars. It was really cute, and I had a good time reading it. I read it all in one day because I listened to it as an audiobook. It was, like, a 10-hour audiobook or something, and I listened to it on two times speed, and I had, like, a five-hour drive ahead of me, so I just put it on when I had my five-hour drive, and I just listened to it in the car the whole way home. By the time I got home, I was just done that whole book, and it was great entertainment for my five-hour drive. Yeah. Loved it no you loved that i did you loved that it was really good yeah no fair okay uh my next book is one last stop by casey mcquiston i also listened to this on audiobook um and i rated it a four stars uh simply because uh i couldn't find like any qualms with it in the sense of how it was written like i love casey mcquiston's writing style i think they're very good at uh, the light-hearted comedic writing style mm-hmm. um, while also having the ability to be serious I suppose uh, I feel like a lot of times you get the classic kind of it's like you can tell the people writing these books that are trying to be quote-unquote relatable it just ends up coming off super forced but with Casey McQuiston I always feel like her humor and her modern uh, references are always quite natural and yeah uh i've spoken about this before but like uh casey mcquiston the first book i read of hers was red white and royal blue and i never do this but i literally was laughing out loud at that book like several times like i was letting out physical cackles and i was like that is so embarrassing this is ink on a dead tree um (laughs) yeah but same thing went for one last stop and again like uh, another thing that casey mcquiston has actually said that she feels she like um focuses on in their writing is how is the ability to write comfort characters and this is something that I feel like is so necessary as well 
uh sorry to use that word again i'm like everything's necessary but honestly both these books are necessary in my opinion so uh is case mcquiston like when red rhino royal blue came out they're like wow that you know it's so rare to find lgbtq plus romances where it's not like all doom and gloom and tragedy and case mcquiston was like well, yeah, I just write comfort characters and I let them have their happy endings and I let them be comfort characters. And I'm like, wow, what a concept. What for, a concept. For the gays. You're saying the gays can be happy too? That's no, so that's wild. silly. Why would the gays be allowed to be happy, Olivia? Oh my God. I uh, Sorry, I forgot. Don't yes. be ridiculous. Get it together. All gays must be mentally ill at all times. My bad. Um, so yeah, One Last Stop was an exception to that. So I really liked the writing style, like the characters um and it was very clear what the book wanted to be the reason why i got less than one star was i'm not a massive fan of the sci-fi genre and this was a sci-fi book um and i'm not a massive fan of the sci-fi genre honestly just because i am dumb when it comes to stem and i never understand it like those but how i feel reading sci-fi books and watching sci-fi like shows and stuff like that is you know those scenes where people are like hacking and they're like we've got to hack the mainframe and the firewall and oh my god like the code and yada 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 or like there'll be those movie scenes where to make the mathematician look really complicated they'll like figure out they'll be like e equals mc squared oh they'll be like wait so according to my calculations that means 3.14159 3.14159 and I'm like wow <laughs> and I like and everyone's just like wow that's so amazing that they did that that's how I feel with sci-fi I'm like wow that's so cool that you can do that like that's so cool you understand the concept of science enough to like fictionalize it and know how you can find loopholes to make like a fictional story couldn't be me though and I can't understand it so that's why I got less than five stars for me um but yeah also, another positive I will say about this book is just how Honey and Issue's Guide to Fake Dating fell into that trap where I was like, there wasn't, like, anything. Like, it was watching two pieces of cardboard interact. Um, one Last Stop had the chemistry. And, no, these characters yeah. had a great romance going. Like, you could tell they were in a relationship. Yeah. Which I think is what gave this book so many stars for me was because I was just like, Wow, two lesbians who are actually appear to be dating. <laughs> this yeah, is great. Really. And I mean, they did some, they did some questionable stuff. But you know what? It was in the name of human rights, gay I, rights. I like. mean, would I scissor my girlfriend on a grimy New York subway? I don't know. You know what? But that's the thing. You don't. <laughs> but it's like desperate times, desperate measures. Because in case you don't know, the premise of one last stop Maybe. is scissoring on subways. No, no, the one girl is trapped on the subway and has been for about. Don't 30. say the one girl. Say the name. So we have Jane. Oh, Jane's okay. On the Sorry. Yeah, because this is not going to go well. You'll be like, so the one girl, and then. The, the other girl and then <laughs> the one so the girl which which girl are we talking about so yes Jane's jane on yes jane's she's like trapped on a subway and she's like class she's wears a leather jacket she's got you know she's from the 70s from the 70s that's the point and she 
she looks she gives off that punk rock edgy vibe and august is basically from modern day and she goes around on a subway ride and she comes across jane all the time and uh august is like oh my god jane is so hot but whatever like keeps going about a day inevitably jane and august have a meet cute where we find out that not only does jane look like she's from the 70s she actually is from the 70s however she has somehow found a way to exist on the subway uh that august catches and yeah what goes from there is august basically finding out she's in love with a girl from the 70s which is very interesting and we figure out like how that's possible with the power of science and i couldn't tell you how she's able to be on that subway but i'm sure the math maths hopefully yeah okay your turn my next book that I read was A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. Mm-hmm. Very popular book. Um, and I gave this one like four and a half stars. It was a very good book. Very entertaining. I also read it in a day over summer vacation. Enjoyed that. Um, basically, it's about a girl, um, Pip, who has to do her senior year of high school project. And a research project and decides to do it on a murder case that was in her town a few years before which that's something i would do no you would i think you would actually quite like this book because this whole book is just things i'm like wow olivia would do that <laughs> i was so bored in high school i was you like, would have done it i would have got canceled off tiktok i'm like i have nothing to do let's solve a murder case like oh, yeah the murder case had actually been solved um but not correctly I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, this guy, I forget his name, um, was found to be the murderer of this girl, um, but he killed himself after he completed the murder. Damn, double homicide. Double homicide. <laughs> oh my God, that was bad. <laughs> yeah. He kills himself after he murdered this girl. And the town put it to rest. They're like, okay, this is who killed the scroll. And ever since then, you know, his the the murderer's entire family they're a bit blacklisted. You see, because they were related to the murderer. <laughs> um, but this girl's senior project was she was determined to figure out that she's like, I don't think he did it. And so that was her project. So she ended up teaming up with dead guy, dead guy slash murderer's brother. To try to get as much evidence that she could. Imagine how awkward it would be if at the end they're like, nope, he really did do it. Like, <laughs> there was nothing I kept thinking here. that when I was reading it. I was like, imagine. 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 That's how it ends. They're like, he really, yeah, no, no he did it. Solid case. Good job, police. <laughs> wow. Police know what they're doing. Yeah, wow. Yeah, um, so it was a good book. I really enjoyed it. It was like a good four. I have that book on my Kindle. I got it for two dollars because no, Amazon was having it. like a sale for some reason. Because this was before, this was before the book was popular, and they were like, "Please buy this book," and so they like oh, just really? sold them for two dollars. And then now you can get that. Now it's like twenty dollars all the time. Um, no, it's yeah. it's very good. I enjoyed it. So I like the characters as well. So yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if you said the character reminds you of me, of course. I'm such of a likable gal. Of course they're great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, the next book I read was Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. We've done a whole podcast episode about this, so I'm not going to get yeah, too much into we it. we both read this. I'm going to skip over it when I talk about mine because I also read this as well, So and we did a whole episode. Oh, so. are you going to talk about this book as well? Well, because I did read it this, like since we did our last quarterly update, but uh, I'm just going to let you talk about it. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, so the premise of Daisy Jones and the Six is basically there's this band. I'll, let, I'll give you a second to think of what their name might be. So, it's actually the Six and Daisy Jones. No kidding. So, there's this band from the 70s. Lots of things from the 70s, I'm realizing. I know, Maybe yeah. I just like the 70s. Um, so, there's this band from the 70s called Daisy Jones and the Six. And they were, like, a really, really big band. And they did all the things and whatever. And anyway, they had this, like, very sudden split up, like, mid-tour. Uh it was giving One Direction. It was giving like, oh my God, the One Direction tour has been called off. We're going on a break. Like it was giving that. And then... Never know, to be seen again. Never to be seen again. <laughs> and basically all these people just like they, the band split up and everyone was like, what happened to the band? Anyway, uh, this is like their um, biography? Question mark? Is that the right word? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's basically like a biography yeah what happened what happened what went down and it's written in oh my god i wrote in my goodreads review because i remember being like what format like is this book um because it's a specific type of structure that i've never read before oh it's called oral history format so basically it reads like a script like Like a play like almost like an interview like an interview that's what it's meant to read like exactly so it's very cool very different um a very fun read like so fun it, so fun it's what i recommend it's like if you feel you're in a slump or like you're getting a bit worn out by the traditional way of reading this read is Dizzy a book Jones. for you like this is it's so just like the different structure it was just entertaining that's the best way you can put it like from start to finish i started this book on like my ipad when we were traveling europe and i you know i'm in europe i'm like i'm not gonna get into a book like this is yeah absolutely not like i'm doing things I'm, I'm doing hot girl shit yeah and anyway i was like glued to my ipad for two days straight until i finished it and i had like fat tears sliding down my face at the end it was true i watched <laughs> yeah literally and it's just such a great book i gave it five stars i really like taylor jenkins reads when when taylor jenkins read like slays she slays slays the house boots down like. yeah i gave this book five stars as well yeah okay. okay your turn so i am not going to talk about this really at all because i refuse but i read i kissed sarah wheeler as well this year by uh, casey mcquiston big fan of casey mcquiston loved one last stop loved red white and royal blue despised this novel um one star I'm not going to tell you what it's about because that would make it sound like I'm recommending it to you. And I'm not. So anyway. We all have flop errors. It's fine. It was a horrible book. It was it read ridiculously. Like, it yes. was ridiculous. We don't want to, trust me, ladies and gents, they's and thems, we bitches and bros and non-binary hoes, we don't want to go down this road. Wow, I'm a poet. That poetry class you're taking. is It's getting to you. It's Okay. Just... Now we're leading... Because I will, I am getting my Goodreads challenge numbers. Uh, we are leading into what I've been reading for my degree. 
Yes. Okay, so the first thing I read for my degree, for those of you who don't know, in case you didn't pick up on it, I'm doing a degree in, in creative writing. Bachelor of Creative Arts, majoring in creative writing. Yes, if lack of job security could be put on a degree, it would be this one, I am aware. Thank you for that. Um, but yeah, so basically when you're learning creative writing, you have to read a lot of stuff. And one of those things I read was Oedipus the King. <laughs> And it is a Theban play. Um, <laughs> it's a Greek tragedy. Okay, you laugh as if you didn't devour and guzzle Song of Achilles. Like, that is not a Greek tragedy as well. Yeah. This thing on the end of the yeah. couch. So, uh, basically, it's a short play. It's what Hercules was actually inspired by. And it's kind of one of the earliest forms of play like it's one of the earliest plays ever written so like it's interesting to read um especially like reading words that you're like jesus these are like thousands upon thousands of years old and like knowing that people would gather to watch like this and that was like one of the first forms of entertainment entertainment it's like interesting um and you're like wow like this is what the Romans were digging. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, so basically the story, it's about this, this guy called Oedipus and he's the king. Shocking. And uh, one day he is just vibing and then somebody is like murdered pretty much. Uh, or like somebody's like, somebody's been murdered and it was yonks ago and uh this uh prophet comes in and they're like we will well oedipus is like i will find out like who killed this person like who killed this person and um the they get like a prophet to come in and be like tell us like because prophets like, i know who killed this person and then the prophet is like I th- oh the prophet's like i can see the future or whatever and it's like you're you're gonna die and it's you like you were the murderer or whatever and oedipus is like i would i've never killed anyone like how could you or like i did not kill this person how how could you say that like get out of my sight um and then basically we end up just going from there and i don't know if you want to if people would want to read this or not so if you're english lit i major i'm sorry i butchered the premise of oedipus if you are someone who's like really into theban plays and that era of literature they'll be like oedipus is about so much more it's it's about this and this and this but i don't have that for you so well moving on from that your turn as promised i would go back to it i also read vicious and vengeful this year by v.e schwab um there's more books coming out for that as well which actually does make sense because the second one did end on a bit of a cliffhanger um so i did know that that one wasn't the end but we have no idea when the other books are coming out for that so we'll see um but vicious and vengeful by v schwab i rated them both five stars um i found that she tended to take quite a concept that was quite basic i guess in nature but then really skew the entire thing just like way out of proportion um and even though like i kind of knew where stuff was going at the beginning by the time we got like 
60 pages in i was like i have no idea what is happening next like Mm. she really made it like a very wild tale and it kind of just kept getting crazier and crazier as it went on but that was really the appeal of it or whatever Mm -hmm. like it was just an entire book about like villains fighting other villains in the end like no one was the hero they were all terrible people yeah and they were all fighting for very selfish reasons they were not fighting for a greater cause like they were trying to save no one, just themselves. So, very cool premise. Um, I think that there's not a lot of books like that out there these days. There's usually the good side that you're rooting for and then the bad side as well. Well, yeah. But this book was cool like that. <laughs> us, like, thinking we're very eloquent reviewers. Also us. This was it's cool. Just, it's just cool this like that. Cool. <laughs> That's what they're here for. They're not, if they want an eloquent review, they can go read the snobby people's Goodreads reviews who are taken all the way too seriously. If you want eloquent reviews, you can get a degree in creative writing. Yeah. Um, okay, the next book The next book I read, it's another thing for my degree. Uh, it's a famous play called Uncle Vanya by Anton Chekhov. And Anton Chekhov, he was a great Russian short story writer and playwright. And a lot of his, like... Uh, plays and short stories uh, often get adapted, and the reason why we study Uncle Vanya is because uh, this play it was just a classic uh, play that was one of the first to play around really hardcore with the idea of like a love octagon, <laughs> and so we studied it because we're studying like the drama genre and where like drama comes from conflict, and basically it's a play about like literally it's just people existing in a farmhouse like they're just in a farmhouse existing and you're watching them go about your everyday life but then slowly as the play unfolds you're like realizing the dynamics and you're realizing how messy the dynamics are because it'll be like so and so loves so and so but so does also so and so but so and so doesn't like either of the other so and so's they like so and so but who's married to the first so and so? There's a bunch of stuff like that, and so that was a play I read. It's messy. <laughs> it's messy, but it's plays like this. It it was written so long ago that you can't help but be like, it's plays like this that you have to thank for the Cassandra Clare love octagons, like the love love geometric monstrosities. Shapes. Yeah, of where just every the dynamics are astronomical. So. Yeah, I read it at four stars. Yeah. Which is more than Oedipus got. Okay. Um, next, I read the Sky Hunter duology by Marie Lu. I really liked these books. I gave the first one four stars, and the second one will probably be like a three and a half. They were really good books. They were just a little bit unmemorable. Like, I enjoyed them when I was, like, doing it. But could I really tell you that much about them? Probably not. Like, I can tell you the premise, obviously. But, like, the characters weren't... Well, it was a good plot, but the characters weren't all that memorable, I guess, is, like, kind of what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't really remember anything about, like, the characters or the romance, really. Um, But basically, um, these people are... They're, like, kind of, like, formed their own little army to, like, fight against, like, these things called the ghosts that, like, the Empire is, like, basically putting out to, like, kill their people. And ghosts are just, like, 
infected mutated like prisoners of war basically that are like just designed to kill Mm -hmm. and if you get bitten by one like you kind of start to like transform as well so like we set the stage with like See, I don't even remember the characters' names. That's how unmemorable it is. Lily, you were. haven't remembered a single character's I name. I do this remember whole the characters' names. <laughs> Just not this. The boy. The other boy. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't remember these characters. I remember the other characters. You can't names. say it's a testament of the quality of the book because you can't remember their names. You don't remember my name half the time. When have I ever forgotten your name? You know, you haven't, but that's just because yeah. you see me 24 7. Um, yeah, I really don't care about these characters at all. But they work in pairs. <laughs> <laughs> so there's pair one, pair two, and pair three. <laughs> no, we're just going to talk about pair one because we only care about one of the pairs. And Make up your own names for them. Go. <laughs> no, because I feel like this is going to be someone who's like a really big fan of this book. That's like, how dare you call it? We've probably been like recommended it. And we're like, so this is pair. Steve and Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Steve and Joe. No, we'll call them Kath and Kim. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Which so, one, so is the guy Kath or is the guy Kim? Because the guy will be they're Kath. definitely heterosexual. I can just assume. Yeah. So the guy will be Kath. The okay. girl will be Kim. Kath and Kim. So <laughs> Kath and Kim. So um, Kath and Kim are out hunting some ghosts one night in the chapter one, when Kath gets bitten by a ghost. Oh no! And Kim's duty as like part of the pair is now she has to kill him so that he doesn't transform to be used by like the empire. So she starts out. <laughs> so you're telling me, Kat goes, Kim, look at my, look at my, look at my. Kill me. Kill, kill me. me. Kill me. Oh, oh Kath, why'd you go kill yourself like that? <laughs> Kath. People who don't know what Kath and Kim are. <laughs> yeah, so this is a very niche Australian subculture thing. Kath yeah. and Kim is like a <laughs> iconic sitcom in australia so sorry if you don't get the references yes it's part of the culture babes yep and so now and then basically at the same time as all this is happening they actually like kidnap a prisoner from like the empire who they call his name is redlin but they call him red see i know his name what a horrible name i'm gonna call him darren (laughs) i finally remember a character's name (laughs) now you're gonna change it yeah redlin because they call him Red. <laughs> like, that's much better. So, Red is, like, a prisoner of um, from the Empire who, like, fled the Empire. And he is one of their experiments, the Sky Hunters. He's got, like, big wings and can fly. And it's basically their big military weapon. But he escaped. Because in order to get him like that, they had to torture him. And it was very painful. Let me guess what Red's siblings' names are. Orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Like, what a horrible name. Well, we don't really know his siblings. Actually... He doesn't have the best family life, okay? <laughs> so you're telling me somebody came for the rainbow? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's the homophobia. so homophobic. <laughs> yes. And basically now um, Kim is left with a partner because she killed Kath in the field. <laughs> um, oh, wow. So Kim actually kills Kath. Yeah. Aww. In the field. Chapter one. Bam. Dead. And so they're like, okay, Red knows a lot about the empire that we're trying to fight. We need to get him on our side. Kim, you work with him. You're, he's your new partner now. But they don't trust each other or know each other at all. So they had to figure out a way to work well, together. Yeah, because Kim isn't named after the colors of the rainbow. So, <laughs> so they can't get along. Yeah. So that's the premise. Um, Interesting. There you go. Okay. Uh, 
the next book I started reading because I gotta stop with my book, my like educational reads. Okay, I gotta be entertaining too somehow. I started reading *Loveless* by Alice Oseman, and I haven't finished it, and I don't know why. Thank you. The premise of *Loveless* is basically just—it's a book about asexuality. I feel like that's the best way to put it. It's somebody going on the journey of discovering that they might be something different than the norm. Than the norm, and it's a journey of self-discovery. And it's a book about a sexuality crisis. (laughs) Okay. Uh, but it's actually written in a way where it's, again, like Lily said earlier about Radio Silence being her first book that she read of Alice Oseman's, like, that wasn't a graphic novel. Uh, Loveless was that for me, and I was very intrigued to see, like, can Alice Oseman actually write? Like, because um, I'd heard great things about it. Um, and I'd heard so many people read Loveless as well and be like, oh, I didn't realize that, like, the, that was asexuality which is like yeah. what you want in rep, in good representation it's what good that's what good representation is all about so uh yeah i read it it was really cool i love that it's set in college really like the main character yeah yeah that's something that lily and i i mean we're a bit biased because we're both in university um but that's something we've been kind of like realizing more recently just like why is why aren't books set in college or like university more often because just it makes so much more sense like there's a lot more opportunity there yeah there's a lot more opportunity like the schedule's more flexible you got more time to go fight also, these demons or you don't have to doing. like you don't have to like worry about killing their parents because you always have to kill their parents because otherwise their parents wouldn't let the characters do half the shit they get away with yeah exactly. but when they're in college their parents are just across the country anyway it's fine you have to yeah, kill them literally like, like exactly so um but i really like it so far lily's finished loveless so i was actually i had up i was that was my next one i was gonna oh, talk okay. about well loveless. then we'll segue into that what did you think yeah of loveless? i really liked it i rated it five stars i thought it was really good representation and i love the way she like went through the her like journey of like self-discovery or whatever the ending was really good i really liked the second half um the best which ironically is the part you haven't you read like the first half didn't you yeah 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 so like the second half you basically got to the part where i'm like wow this got really good because <laughs> okay, i like loved the first half i loved the first half too yeah. but then like i was like oh wow she's topped the first half good cool. for her yeah so very good i really enjoyed it uh five stars okay so it's back to me now i guess so okay <laughs> uh, i read uh i'm like oh, i have to talk about books on a book podcast what the heck um oh, inconvenient inconvenience um, I'm just going to check how long we've been recording for before we move into the, this. Oh, this might be a longer episode. So it's fine. Yeah. Our last few episodes actually have been shorter. They've been like 50 and 40 minutes. Yeah. So. so anyways. Extra content here. Here you go. Exclusive content. Um, the next book I read was... Sorry. I was checking my audio because the sound waves were looking a little bit freaky. Freaky gal. Um... <laughs> So this is where they listen to us. Yeah. The next book I read was I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy, along with like the rest of the world, it seems at this point. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I'm Glad My Mom Died is an autobiography written by Jeanette McCurdy, who, if you don't know who that is, it's uh, the actress that played Sam on iCarly, Sam Pocket, and also in Sam and Cat. 
And basically, it's following her journey of how she was a child actor growing up for majority of her life and the uh, things that led to her decision to inevitably leave acting permanently, um, even after having a really successful child acting career. Uh, it explores mainly, even though it is about her journey, like to inevitably leave acting, it really, what it, its main focus is, it's uh, about a relationship a toxic relationship between like a daughter and a mother which is a really like that's what made this autobiography different from like other celebrity autobiographies because I think it's really easy for a celebrity to come out and be like it's so hard living in my multi-million dollar mansion and like you know it's just really it's rough being rich and famous but yeah and i'll be like here are my tips to deal with burnout take a spa day like (laughs) you know there's so many biographies that you're just like they did not write this like this is not their story at all but jeanette mccurdy she definitely wrote this it's 100 percent her writing and um you can tell she's put all of herself really into this novel and it's really you can tell that this was like a therapeutic thing for her to write and she gets to talk about her her really toxic relationship with her mother um in a way that I feel like when you read it you get the essence that she's been wanting to do this for a long time because I imagine being a public figure everybody's got their two cents and so being able to finally say exactly your side of the story and what went down like it probably feels good for her and I really hope she gets the success that she uh deserves from it because it's a really good book and she's been through some hard things that are very admirable that she's talked about and yeah I talked about it last episode but she also narrates the audiobook and if you're going to read this book I highly recommend reading the audiobook form because it's her reading her own words which is just chef's kiss yeah doesn't get more authentic than that I read it at five stars so your turn okay next I read book lovers by Emily Henry oh yeah this is a very cute little romance I liked it I really liked the two main characters like the two main love interests side characters I personally didn't really care for but that was fine they're side characters for a reason mm-hmm. it's usually just annoying when you hate the main character honestly and you're like yeah. wow the side characters are superior I don't really care if I don't like the side characters whatever I can ignore them yeah. um but I really liked um Nora was the main girl's name and Nora was just such a fun character like she worked in publishing she was a literary agent and really wanted to get into like the editing world and she's just like such a boss ass bitch all the time like everything she says I'm like wow Nora you are spitting facts and I love it and when her sister who is like very heavily pregnant has already got like a bunch of kids at home as well is like i need a break and i want to go on a vacation with you they decide to go visit the small town that one of like the best-selling books in the country um was set in and nora was this author's literary agent at you know when she sold her book and everything so she obviously had a lot to do with this book and basically they wanted to go and see um 
Sunshine Falls. That was the name of the place. Thank you. I had to like look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is the name of this place? Sunshine Falls. Um, to have like the little small town fun summer. And then there she meets up with this guy she knows from the New York literary world named Charlie, who is an editor and is a pain in the ass. And it turns out he uh, grew up in this place called Sunshine Falls. Hence why he is there now. And they are forced to work together on this author's like newest book project. And I think you guys can figure out where it goes from there. Um, and if not, read it. <laughs> Um, it was like a four and a half stars i liked it it was cute my little sister read this book and she loved it she was like oh, i love book clubs um, it's really cute yeah like so uh yeah very very good uh the next book i read was uh, i'm heading back into my school reads because i know that y'all just love it so much we've been waiting uh this is the the lay of marie de france and this was actually a good week. I liked Marie de France. Um, I loved learning about her and her stories. Um, because basically, for those of you who don't know, which is probably most of listening, Marie de France was uh, on record believed to be the first female poet ever. So she was first female French poet, but she but they haven't found a first non-female poet that's not French. So she, she really is the first uh, on record. And learning about her was so fascinating because she was seen just like as pretty much outrageous for her works. And when you're reading her works, they're nothing crazy like now, which shows a good sign. But her, her poems were quite outrageous because... She was the first person to really objectify men in work. And it wasn't even objectification, uh, although that's what they love to call it. Uh, she really spun around the norm that in literature, women, especially back in that far back in history, uh, women were often depicted as sexual uh, desires and they were very much always compared to that of like an inanimate object. So yeah, they were objectified essentially. And um, it was the first basically instance where an author had come in and done that, but with a man. So yeah, it was essentially the first time the female gaze arguably was used in poetry and literature. So it's a really big deal especially reading it as a woman like I felt like I was really reading something important um and yeah they were they were good I rated them five stars that's good yeah um okay the next thing I read was Renegades by who wrote Renegades Marissa Meyer thank you I was like, first of all, I had Marie Lou in my head, and I was like, it's not Marie Lou that wrote it. It's, some, it's another M1. Yeah. Marissa Meyer wrote it. Thank you. Um, basically, this is the Miraculous Ladybug TV show of the literary world. <laughs> um, basically, Nova um, is a villain. She works for the villain gangs. <laughs> um and Adrian, he works. Not one of them being called Adrian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Literally, Adrian, yeah. His last name Aggress. Like, hello, <laughs> Cataclysm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Adrian, he works for the Renegades, 
which is like basically an organization of like basically police i guess that like they're superheroes they have supernatural abilities and they protect the city from the villains pretty much that's what we should point out as well it really goes to show when this book was made because no publishing company would ever let anyone name their book ren like renegade or renegades after tiktok like yeah i know yeah because this came out like 27 they're like is this a charlie d'amelio biography (laughs) (laughs) renegade yes but basically in order to get more intel like on the renegades they send nova in um because they don't know her actual name like they do with most of the other villains they only know her as nightmare um which is like her little like secret name Mm -hmm. and basically her ability is she never has to sleep and she can put other people to sleep just by touching them um and so that's her ability and so they send her in because they don't know her face they don't know her real name so they bring her in to um be a renegade and so she can spy on them Mm -hmm. And so she's got living her little bit of a double life. And then Adrian, he ends up creating this alter ego. Um, it's called Cat Noir. It's not called Cat Noir. But it is called... Um, oh, shoot. What does he call it? I'm so bad at this. Um, Miraculous Ladybug. Yeah, that's all I'm thinking right now. Like, Anyway. But basically, he creates this guy with, like, other abilities, and he wanted to, like, tell the renegades. He's like, look, I've been able to, like, give myself these abilities, but it's a really long story how he does this, so I'm not going to bother. Um, but then the first time he uses his little, like, alias or whatever, he accidentally hurts one of the renegades. And so I was like, oh, this guy is a jerk. We need to find him. And he's like, oh, shit, I can't tell him it's me now. I'm just, like, fucked up. And so he's keeping that a secret. And so in the meantime, he's hunting Nightmare. And Nova's hunting his alias. So they're hunting each other while also working together to help hunt the other person's, like, alter ego. So it's quite interesting. That's cool. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Very, very good. Very, very fun. Um, Okay. This is the last thing I've read um, for this quarter. And it's a a book, a school book. it's The Wasteland by T.S. Eliot, which is a poem, and it's a pretty popular poem, uh, basically because T.S. Eliot, the way his style of writing was just basically like, it sounds like gibberish when you read it. It's just like, what the heck is going on here? Um, but when you take a deeper look at it, you basically realize like T.S. Eliot like, was writing in code, and for some reason, uh, in terms of just like, you'll take a line of his that you'll be like there's no way this means anything but then it's actually like and you can see he was describing a church and you're like didn't get that but now I kind of see it so like it's like his own little lingo that he uses he had a very niche way of writing and niche way of thinking um that no one's really been able to replicate but for some reason history were like we're gonna hold on to that and we're gonna say it was something special um but yeah a lot of people like T.S. Eliot, like just, it's a real hit or miss. People either love T.S. Eliot, they think he's like the greatest poet of all time, or they're like, I don't get it. And I, I'm somewhere in the middle. <laughs> um, because I could see the appeal, but I don't think it was for me. So, and then, oh, and now I'm reading Oliver Twist, so, for school. So, by Charles Dickens. So, that's my quarter year wrap up everybody 
Okay. Um, I'll just like camera off my last ones really, really fast. I read Iron Widow, two out of five. Shit book. Don't read it. Um, I read Gallant by V.E. Schwab, four out of five. Pretty decent. Um, Love on the Brain, uh, by the same author as The Love Hypothesis, five out of five. That was great. Um, and Carrie Soto is Back by Taylor Jenkins Reid, also five out of five. That was great. And now I'm reading Foul Lady Fortune, the spinoff to These Violent Delights. I'm also reading The Jasmine Throne. And I'm also reading the second Renegades books. <laughs> Good lord, you're pulling at me. I know. Usually I'm, reading I'm the three. one like reading six books at a time, but yes. you've got three going. Wow. Okay. Oh, well, if we're doing like also reading, I thought I was going to be judged if I was like, I'm also reading. Oh, that's well, fine. yeah, I'm reading Charles Dickens, and then I'm also reading An Ember in the Ashes. And um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. What books are you assigning to me for future podcasts? Oh, of course. What about this? Okay. So you can pick three books for me. I'm going to write them down. Oh, God. This is hard. I'm ready. 1984 by George Orwell. Um, I'd rather quit this podcast before reading 1984 by George Orwell. You know what's actually sad? I was tutoring a kid because I tutored English um, and we had to do a case study on 1984 by George Orwell. And I actually was like, this sounds kind of good. So The premise isn't bad, but the I read like half of it. The writing is terrible. Yeah, interesting. Um... I don't know what to recommend you. Hold on. This was your idea. <laughs> I know, but I didn't have time to think about it. Okay. Um. No, you go first. Okay. Well, let's see what I can give to you. I, I don't want to give you the first book in any series because... No, don't do that. Please. That's just messy. And then we'll have to wait like three years to do the episode on it. Okay. I'm going to recommend you... I think you should read Carrie Soto. I think you would like Carrie Soto's back. Okay. Taylor Jenkins reads newest thing. Yeah, yeah. I think we could definitely do an episode on that. Okay. You sound so like. Well, we've done just so, so many Taylor Jenkins reads. We did Daisy Jones and the Six quite recently. Well, we can make it the last one we do. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. What, what, else? List? what else do you want to give me? Okay. Um. Maybe you can finish the Dark Artifices eventually. <laughs> That's two books that are like 1,000 pages long each. Carrie Soto's back is like 400. <laughs> you said the Dark Artifices. Yeah. Okay, I'll only give you two then. So you're giving me the Dark Artifices and Carrie Soto? The last book in the Dark Artifices. You've already read the first two. No, I haven't. Dark Artifices? You read Lady Midnight and Lord of Shadows. I have not read Lord of Shadows. Yes, you have. No, I have not. Don't tell me what I've read. I have not read Lord of Shadows. You know what happens in Lord of Shadows. We talked about no, it. No, I've not read Lord of Shadows. Babes. Babes. I would... Babes. <laughs> you read I'm literally s- going on my Goodreads. It's on your Goodreads. I'm on your Goodreads. <laughs> oh, I did read Lord of Shadows. <laughs> Don't tell me what I have Don't not read. Don't tell me what I've read. Don't tell me what I've read. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, then never mind. You can give me a third one then. So Carrie Soto, Queen of Air and Darkness was the third one. <laughs> Uh, don't tell me what i've read <laughs> i'm gonna give you another book you're like no i've read that don't tell me what i read stop 
I remember you sending me Snapchat videos of you sobbing in your uni accommodation because you're like, I can't believe how that book ended. No, I remember after thinking about it for a second, but it took me a minute. Okay. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> okay. And then also, I'm looking at my thing. Oh, I can finally make you read If We Are Villains. Been waiting for this one. I actually one. wanted, I've been feeling the urge to pick that up, so I'm glad you gave me that one. Right. <laughs> Those are your three. Those are my three. Okay. I don't know any books that I've not, that you've not read that I've read. This is so sad. I wish my book cart was here. Well, maybe we can give Olivia time to look at her book cart. Okay, well, and then we'll say we'll that's the thing. We'll f- so next episode, how we'll begin the episode is by me giving Lily her Rex. Rex. Okay, so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. Also, we'll give a Q&A. Tell me what books I should recommend, Lily. <laughs> because I need some tips and I need some help. Okay. That's all. That's all. So Thanks for listening. Thank you for uh, listening and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.